quite understand. But I know he included me in his salvation plan. all stand to our feet. I do believe it all. I believe everything the Bible says and believe every blessed word of the blessed Bible. You believe it. Say amen. I'm glad you're here this morning and I hope that you've come this morning to worship the Lord. You know, sometimes we come and we let external things uh, have a bearing on us. If things are up, then we're up. If things are down, we are down. But I want you to understand something about serving the Lord, about worshiping the Lord, it doesn't have anything to do with external things. It has everything to do with internal things. And I look around this morning, apparently we've got a few out because of a flake of snow, but you're here. Listen, I, listen folks come in talking about how happy they are about the snow. I said to them in the prayer uh, group this morning, the only people that like snow are the people that didn't grow up in it. And if you grew up in it, you can have all you want. You can have it. I don't want anything to do with it. Amen. I think about moving to Florida. Amen. Or Central America, somewhere like that. Good to have Kay's daughter here. She's from West Palm Beach. Nobody's heard of West Palm Beach. Amen. <laughs> Good to have her up. I hope you punched that ballot right down there. Good. Amen. Good to have Kay's daughter. 
But we've met here to worship the Lord this morning, amen? And let's worship him. Let's put our hearts and minds on the Lord Jesus. And let's, I'm going to talk to you this morning about offering to him a sacrifice of praise. And let's worship him today. Just let his name be lifted up. And let's just glorify him. This is a great chorus. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it. And when you sing it, sing it in thanks unto our Lord. Amen. Let's have all the men that will come and let's just gather around the altar and pray and then we'll sing it again and then fellowship today. But let's just take this service to the Lord now. Let's just ask the Lord to uh, meet every need in this service and to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come this morning to give you thanks. And we ask you, Lord, that you would accept our thanksgiving. We're to offer to you, Lord, the sacrifice of praise the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto your name. So, Father, we gather today, and we thank you for so many wonderful things and so many things to which we ought to praise you for, and we want to do that. So bless the service today. Glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Meet every need. There may be someone here today, Lord, that has had a hard week. The burdens of life have been very, very heavy. But, Lord, I pray today, give them what they need, there may be somebody here today that just needs a word from you. They need to know what to do. They need to know where to turn. I pray you give them a word. There may be somebody here today that needs to be saved. Somebody here that's away from God. Bring them back to you. Bring them to you. Father, whatever the needs are, we lift our hearts up to you. And we ask you, Lord, to meet our needs. We thank you for being the God that you are. We thank you, Lord, that you can meet every need in our life. So do that today, and we'll bless you. And we'll praise you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For your kindness.
Let's fellowship one with another. Welcome our visitors today.
Thank you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive our offering. And if you are visiting with us today, we'd appreciate so much if you take just a moment to fill out a visitor's card. And if you came in this morning, we're giving a little welcome brochure. There's a card in there. If you were given a bulletin, a church bulletin, there's a card in there that you can tear out. If not, there's some located in the back of the pews. But uh, we appreciate all of you that are visiting, and we want to get to know you, and we want you to get to know us as well. And we'd like to send you some information this week about the church, but appreciate all of our visitors. Good to have the Claypools with us today. Would you folks stand? And they work with kids, King's Kids International Baptist Mission. Let's welcome them to service. Good to have them in the service this morning. I do want to make mention that the flowers uh, down here on the corner in the sanctuary place in memory of Clyde Holmes. And, and of course, many of you are new, don't remember Brother Holmes, but we'll always miss Brother Holmes. I always liked that little dance that he did. He'd get right out on the end of the pew here and just do that little dance. I, I miss Brother Holmes, but these are uh, the flowers are in his memory. He passed away November the 23rd, 1989. That was 11 years ago. And this is placed by Catherine Holmes and Mary Monica and Lisa and all the Holmes family. Let's pray now and you give. Father, thank you for the joy of being able to give to the Lord. And we ask you, Lord, to bless the giving today and continue to open our hearts to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
the strength you give to simply carry on through life's toils and tests the worst and best i'm never left alone you're always right beside me you hear me when i pray and since i first began you've been my dearest friend I give you all the praise. We're singing thanks, oh, thanks. Even in the bad times, when everything's going wrong, even on that mountain, His loving presence makes me strong. Each and every moment, and each and every day, I'm gonna sing and shout, won't let the rocks cry out. I'll give you all the praise. We're gonna sing. We're gonna sing. carry on through life's toils and tests the worst and best 
I'm never left alone. You're always right beside me. You hear me when I pray. Since I first began, you've been my dearest friend. I give you all the praise. We're going to sing. Everything's going wrong Even on that mountain His loving presence makes me strong Each and every moment Of each and every day I'm gonna sing and shout Won't let the rocks cry out I'll give you all the praise We're gonna sing We're gonna sing Do you Lord? Yes I do
Well, just in case this bothers some of you, take your Bible and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter 2 and also Hebrews chapter 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 13. 1 Peter chapter 2 and the book of Hebrews chapter 13. While you're finding your place, let me just make mention, a note was given to me. Uh, many of you remember Hester Ledbetter. Uh, she passed away. She, she is at Turner's Funeral Home. 
on Highway 58, and visitation will be this afternoon. And, of course, many of you remember the Ledbetters. Be praying for them. Hoyt and Hester, they were members here many years ago. The book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word. And as I mentioned earlier, I want to talk to you this morning on offering the sacrifice of praise. Many of you have done that, and I praise the Lord for it. And I'm going to be right honest with you. This is the way we ought to come to church every service. Amen? And I'm going to show you that from the Scripture this morning. But uh, in case this has bothered listen, I, listen, it don't bother me one iota. And don't embarrass me one iota. I'm glad I could bring my children up in old-fashioned churches where people were not ashamed to worship the Lord. And one of the greatest things you ever do for your children is bring them up in a place where people rejoice and praise the Lord instead of bringing them up no dead religion, but bringing them up in something that is alive. Church service is a celebration, and we ought to learn that. Amen? And we come to celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 5. And this will become our text verse for three Sunday mornings. And uh, we'll look at other places in the Bible, but this will be the foundation for what I will share with you over the course of the, uh, these three Sundays. But verse 5, 2 Peter 2, You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, notice that phrase, to offer up spiritual sacrifices because we're a holy priesthood. Now, turn back a few pages to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, notice verse 15. Hebrews 13, verse 15. The Scripture said, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice to praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Peter said, as a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And Hebrews said, let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Thank you. you may be seated. This morning, I want us to think about offering the sacrifice of praise. And I'll explain that to you in just a moment. Our Father, this morning has already been a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. And what a joy it is to be able to come and just to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and to be reminded, Lord, of what you've done for us and to be reminded, Lord, of all that you are to us. For all these things, we give you praise. Now, Father, we are told in the Scriptures that we are priests and that as a priest we're to offer spiritual sacrifices to you. Help us this morning to begin to learn the kind of sacrifices that you want us to give as this holy priesthood. So, Lord, continue to open our hearts to the truth of God's Word, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. it is in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things the priesthood. In both the Old Testament and in the New Testament, many, many times a priest is referred to. When you look in the Old Testament, you'll find that the priest, whoever was a priest, that it involved a specific family. Any priest that you find in the Old Testament, you can be certain that under Levitical arrangements, they, were, they came from one particular tribe. For you see, under the Levitical arrangements, the priests came from one particular tribe. And not only from one particular tribe, which would be the tribe of Levi, but also from one particular family within that tribe, and that would be the family of Aaron. Anybody that was a priest in the Old Testament 
And anybody that was a priest under the Jewish way of offering the sacrifices in the Levitical system there was from the tribe of Levi, and in particular from the tribe or from the family of Aaron. But in the Old Testament, the priest was or involved a specific family. But in the New Testament, you'll find that the priest involved a spiritual family, not a specific family, but a spiritual family. You'll notice in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible said, Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And we read just a moment ago in verse 5 that we are not only a royal priesthood, but verse 5 tells us that we are a holy priesthood. So the Bible tells us that in the New Testament that those that have been saved by God's amazing grace, they are priests. Revelation 1 verse 6 has the same thought. For the Bible said, He hath made us kings and priests unto God. So if you are saved this morning, you are, you are a priest. In the Old Testament, it was, a lim- it was a limited number of God's people that could be a priest. But in the New Testament, all of God's people are priests. So today, everybody in this room that has been saved, you are a priest unto God. Now, what do we mean when we talk about a priest? You'll find that the word priest, whether it's used in the Old Testament or whether it's used in the New Testament, it always denotes one who offers sacrifices. In the Old Testament, when you're talking about a priest, they had several responsibilities, but primarily they were the ones chosen by God to offer sacrifices unto God. That sacrifice may be a lamb. That sacrifice may have been a bullock. That sacrifice may have been a turtle dove. It may have been a sheaf of wheat. Whatever it was involved, the primary ideal of that priest was that he was the one designated and chosen by God to offer sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, when the Bible calls us a holy priesthood in 1 Peter 2, 5, and a royal priest in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, the ideal, again, is of someone who offers sacrifices. In fact, that is borne out in verse 5. He tells us that we are a holy priesthood. And he tells us that we are to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, in the Old Testament, they offered up sacrifices that were material. They offered up sacrifices that were physical. But in the New Testament, we find that we are to offer up sacrifices that are spiritual. So today, everyone in this room that is saved is a priest. And everyone that is saved, that is a priest, you have this obligation to offer up spiritual sacrifices to the Lord. Now, the question today is this. What are those spiritual sacrifices? And I'm going to try to answer those today and for the next two Sunday mornings. And I want us to think about what these spiritual sacrifices are. I find as I look in the Bible, there are three sacrifices that we're to offer to God as a spiritual priest. There is the sacrifice of praise. That's what we're going to look at today. There is the sacrifice of thanksgiving that we'll look at next Sunday. And next Sunday will be a fitting Sunday to look at that. And then there is the sacrifice of worship. All three are different. But as a believer, as a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood, we're to offer the sacrifices of praise. We're to offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we're to offer the sacrifice of worship. 
Let's begin today by looking at the sacrifice of praise. I am a priest. I am to offer up sacrifices to God. And one of the sacrifices that I am to offer to the Lord is the sacrifice of praise. We read about it in verse 15 of Hebrews 13. The Bible said, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So I am told, as a priest, to offer sacrifices. And I'm also told that as a priest, that I am to offer to God the sacrifice of praise. Now, what is the sacrifice of praise? When we talk about the matter of praise, what do I mean? when I say that we are to praise the Lord or that I am to come before God with a sacrifice of praise. Well, let's look at the subject in the Bible and let's see what the Bible has to say about praise. Let's see how the Bible defines this matter of praise and what praise is to be in our life and to bring this offering to God. Let's look at it as an offering and I want to point out three things about bringing our sacrifice of offering, our offering of praise to the Lord. The first thing that I want to say about praise is this, that praise is a personal offering. That praise is a personal offering. Again, look at Hebrews 13, 15. He said, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You might underscore the word us or put a circle around the word us for he's identifying who is to praise the Lord. And he's telling us that praise is to be a personal offering. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 67. In fact, I'm going to have you use your Bibles a little bit today. And so hold your Bibles in your hand. And I want you to use your Bible and follow me this morning as we look at this matter of praise. Look at Psalm 67. In Psalm 67, I want you to notice two verses in Psalm 67. When I think about praise as an offering, I am reminded that as I look at the Scripture that praise is a personal offering. You notice in Psalm 67, notice verse 3. Psalm 67, notice verse 3. The psalmist makes this statement. He said, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise praise thee. Look down in verse 5. He makes the same statement. He repeats the same statement. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Now you see the place of praise that the psalmist is describing. And he's emphasizing the matter of praise in the life of the believer. He said, let the people praise thee. He says in verse 3, let the people praise thee. In verse 5, he said, let the people praise thee. He is talking about the place of praise in the life of the believer. And you'll notice in verse 3 and in verse 5 that he repeats that statement, putting emphasis upon this matter of praise. Now look in Psalm, uh, when I look at the statement here, let me just point out two things about it. Let me move on quickly. In Psalm, I want you to know Psalm 67, verse 3 and 5. I want you to look at the verse, let me divide it in the middle, and let me show you two things that he says about the matter of praise. You notice, first of all, in Psalm 67, verse 3 and 5, that he speaks of praise as an instructed matter. You see the instructions that are given concerning praise. Again, in Psalm 67, twice he makes this statement, let the people praise thee, O God. Now here's what the psalmist is doing. The psalmist is instructing the people of God to praise the Lord. 
It is not so much that he said, now, God, would you let us praise you? No, what he's saying would be the same thing as me saying to you this morning, let's all praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet and praise the Lord. It would be the same thing. What are you saying this morning, or what the psalmist was saying is, let us praise. Or, to put it another way, he is instructing the people of God to give praise to the Lord. Now look in Psalm 107 for just a moment. As I ran the references this week and looking at the word praise in the Bible, I was struck by a couple of passages of Scripture that had something to do with praise. For example, Psalm 107, and I want you to notice with me four verses of Scripture in Psalm 107. In Psalm 107, you'll find that the psalmist here, you see his passion for praise. You see his desire for praise, how he longs that God's people give praise to the Lord. In Psalm 107, notice verse 8. He said, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Look down in verse 15. He says again, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Look in verse 21. Again, he says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And then down in verse 31, for fourth time he says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. In Psalm 107, you see the longing of the psalmist that God's people praise the Lord. You see his passion for praise, his desire that God's people praise. The psalmist says four times, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. He longs to hear the people of God praise, praising the Lord. He looks and longs and desires deeply that the people of God give praise to the Lord. And he repeats his longing and emphasizes his longing. But here's the difference between Psalm 67 and Psalm 107. Both of them are repeated. The statement and the words that are given to us are emphasized in the fact they're repeated. But in Psalm 107, the psalmist longs for God's people to praise him. But in Psalm 67, he instructs the people of God to give praise to God. Psalm 107, he longs that God be praised. But in Psalm 67, he instructs the people of God, to give praise to the Lord. In other words, he's telling me that I am to praise God. He is telling you that you are to praise the Lord. It is a word of instruction. Let the people praise thee, O God. Now, here's the question. What is the psalmist instructing us to do? When the psalmist instructs us in verse 3 to praise God, what does he mean? When he instructs us in verse 5 to praise God, what does he mean? When I talk about praising the Lord, what do I mean? What does the Bible mean when it talks about the matter of giving praise to God? Well, let me just take just a moment and show you what the Bible means. When you find the subject praise in the Bible, and you look at the word praise, and you follow the subject praise in the Bible, you'll find there are two things that are always true about praise in the Bible. I've said these before, but I want to deal with them today. You'll find there are two things about praise all the, always found in the Bible when it talks about praise. The first one is this. I don't have it on the screen, but I want you to listen to me carefully. The first thing about praise you find in the Bible is this, that praise is always visible. Write that down. 
Whenever you look at praise in the Bible, and when you study the subject of praise in the Bible, you'll find that praise is always a visible matter. Look at Psalm 67, verse 3 and 5 again. You notice in verse 3, he said, Let the people praise thee. In verse 5, he said, Let the people praise thee, O God. I want you to underscore the word praise that he uses there for just a moment. The word praise that is used. And you'll find there are many words in the Bible. You'll find the word praise many times. But they're not always from the same word. They may be translated the same in our English Bible, but they don't always come from the same word. For example, the word praise that is found in Psalm 67, verse 3 and verse 5, is a word that literally means to use the hands. Now, follow me. When he's talking about praise, he uses a word here that literally means to use the hands. And when it's used in connotation with the matter of praise, it has the idea of extending the hands or how it has the idea of lifting up the hands. Now, follow me. In Psalm 67, verse 3, he said, he said Let the people praise thee, O God. In other words, what he said is, Let the people lift up their hands to thee, O God. In verse 5, when he said, let the people praise thee, he said, let the people extend their hands to thee, O God, or let the people lift up their hands. The way the Jews would do it, they would hold their hands open like this as if they were receiving something from God. But what he's saying there when he told them to praise is to lift their hands unto the Lord. Now, would you not agree with me? That's visible. Would you not agree that when he talks about praise and lifting of the hands, he's talking about something that can be seen? He's talking about something that is visible? Look at Psalm 42 and notice verse 4. Psalm 42 and verse 4. Here's another word for praise. It has basically the same idea, but there's a little difference in this word. Psalm 42 and verse 4. The psalmist said, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. Where had he gone? I went with them to the house of God. How did he go to the house of God? He said in verse 4, with the voice of joy and praise and with the multitude that kept holy day. Now, here's what the psalmist said. He said, I went with the multitude to the house of God. Now, I get the impression from the multitude, everybody ought to go to church. Can I get an amen right there? But he said, I went with the multitude to the house of God. And he said, I went to the house of God with the voice of joy and I went to the house of God with praise. Now, you notice the word praise there, translated praise in our Bible, but it comes from a word that describes a choir of worshipers singing with uplifted hands. Many times the word praise is translated in the Psalms comes from this picture here of this magnificent choir. And as they are singing praises to the Lord, they sing with their hands lifted to the Lord. In other words, when he told them and talked about his own experience of praise, he said, I went to the church and we lifted our voice in praise. And we not only lifted our voice in praise, but we lifted our hands in praise. Can you see a choir standing? Maybe about a 400-voice choir singing to the top of their voice. And every one of them with their hands lifted up to God. That's what he's talking about. He talks about Praise, and he describes praise as something that is visible, the lifting of the hands. You find that all through the Bible. Psalm 134 and verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Now listen to me carefully this morning. When the Bible tells us to offer a sacrifice of praise, 
One of the things that we are to offer to God is praise that is visible. We are to give God praise, and praise is a visible expression. In other words, some people, well, I don't know about this lifting hands in church. Well, you may not know about it, but the Bible sure knows about it. And the Bible tells us to lift our hands to the Lord. You say, I don't know that I can do that. Well, you ought to. We ought to lift our hands to God in prayer. An illustration of that is found in, in praise. Nehemiah chapter 8. In Nehemiah 8 and verse 6, you don't have to turn there, but there is Ezra. He's reading the law of God to them. And Ezra is sharing to them what God has to say in the Word. And as they listen to the Word of God, the Bible said, and all the people answered. Now get this. This may surprise some of you. But all the people answered, Amen, Amen. Now usually, the, usually preachers are the only ones that say Amen. I mean, everybody says Amen, but usually a preacher, he'll say Amen and Amen. Like one fellow said, I knew God had called me to preach. And the reason I knew God had called me to preach, he said, I woke up one morning and I didn't want to go to work. And he said, then I woke up one morning, I was craving chicken. And then I found myself saying, amen and amen. I knew God had called me to preach. But the Bible said in Nehemiah 8, 6, and all the people answered, amen, amen, with lifting up their hands. There was a visible expression of praise to God. One of the ways you praise God, and one of the offerings that I'm to give to God is to lift my hands to the Lord and to lift my hands in praise to God. I'll tell you another form of visible praise in the Bible. You'll find the matter of clapping is a visible a praise, a visible expression of praise. Psalm 47, verse 1, jot the reference down. But the Bible said, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. I know that everybody don't like clapping in church, and I understand that, and I respect that. But since God likes it, I'm going to do it. Can I get an amen right there? The Bible talks about clapping. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Many times when this magnificent choir that David had put together sang, they would lift their voice and lift their hands. But a lot of times the choir would clap their hands as they sang. When they would come together to worship, the people would just burst out in clapping under the Lord. They would clap everything. The Word would be said. They would clap when the Word was shared. They would clap when their heart was full. There was this visible expression of people clapping their hands unto the Lord. I think about the text that I preached on a few weeks ago. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse 18, you remember the message? And where Habakkuk made the statement, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. And we saw the word rejoice means to jump. It literally means to leap. And we saw that the word joy means to spin around. You see, Habakkuk, there had been a truth of God made real to his heart. And there was something that he had seen by the eyes of faith that so thrilled his heart and so filled his heart with joy that all that he did was just jump up and down and go around and around and around as he praised God. Now, would you not say and agree with me today that that is visible? If somebody jumped up and down or somebody just spun around and around and around, that is visible? Well, listen to me. That's what praise is. There is no way you can define praise in the Bible without it being something that people see. There is no way that you can define praise without it being some kind of visible expression. Look at Psalm 40. Look at Psalm 40. You quote this verse a lot. I hear it quoted a lot, but there's a statement in there we often miss. 
In Psalm 40, notice verse 3. The Bible said, and he hath put a new song in my mouth. What did he put in my mouth? Even praise unto our God. And notice this next statement. Many shall see it. What is he talking about? He said, God, put a new song in my mouth. What was the song that God put in my mouth? It was praise of the Lord. And what did he say about this praise in his mouth? He said, many shall see it. Now listen to me. Praise is a visible matter. But something else about praise. Not only is it visible, but praise is also vocal. Now I'm talking about praise. Anytime you find praise in the Bible, Oh, no, Brother Ken, I praise him in my heart. Well, that's not how you're supposed to praise. I'm down on the inside. I'm praising the Lord. Well, listen to me. When God talks about praise, he talks about something that is visible and he talks about something that is vocal. Jot this reference down, Psalm 63 and verse 3. He said, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Remember what Hebrews 13, 15 said? The offering unto him the fruit of our lips, even praise unto the Lord. You know what praise is? Praise, first of all, is something that you people see. Praise is something that is visible, and praise is something that is vocal. For example, the word praise in Psalm 63, verse 3, is a word translated praise, but it's a word that means to shout. It means to address in a loud tone. And that's very obvious. He's talking about something vocal. He said, my lips, my mouth shall praise thee. He's talking about something that people not only see, but he's talking about something that people also hear. Psalm 32 and 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy. The word shout simply means to cry out. He's talking about praise being a visible matter and praise being a vocal matter. You'll also find in the Bible that singing is a form of vocal praise. Psalm 7, verse 17. And I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Praise, singing out to God is a vocal way of praising. Now I hear somebody every once in a while say, you know what? Boy, they wild as a buck rabbit over there. And he said, I mean, they just really go wild. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You think about the premier word for praise in the Bible. You know what it is? It's the word hallelujah. It's what transliterated to us, hallelujah. It's the premier word for praise in the Bible. You don't always find it translated hallelujah, but you'll find it many times like praise you the Lord. Like the final Psalms, they began with praise you the Lord, and they close with praise you the Lord. I think it's the last five began and end with the statement praise you the Lord. It's the word hallelujah. And the word hallelujah comes from two words. That's the word hallelujah, and there is the word yah, hallelujah. Now, I grew up in North Carolina. We said hallelujah. That's the way you said up there, hallelujah. But hallelujah or hallelujah. And the two words mean this. The word hallelujah, now get this, is a word that means to boast. It means to brag on or to make as a show. And the word yah is simply a shortened name for God. In other words, when we say hallelujah, or hallelujah, what we are saying, what we're doing, should be doing, is bragging on God to the point of being, of being a show, to boast on God to the point 
of being a show. Now, it's not a matter of showing off. That's, it's not, that's not what he's talking about. But it's a matter that when we praise God, that we are praising God in a visible way and we're praising God in a vocal way to the point that it's seen, that it's heard. I want to tell you something. You cannot, now listen to me carefully this morning. You cannot praise God without praising Him some way visibly. And you cannot praise God without praising Him some way vocally. I'm talking about praise. And whenever you find in the Bible, there are always these expressions of praise. That's what it means. Now, when the Bible instructs us to praise God, it is instructing us to praise Him in a visible way. When the Bible tells us to praise God, it is instructing us to praise Him in a vocal way. Now, are you still with me now? Say amen. Look at the second thing I see in verse 3 and 5 of Psalm 67. Not only does he describe it as an instructed matter, let the people praise thee, O God, but he also speaks of it as an inclusive matter. But notice what he said in the latter part of verse 3 and 5. Let all the people praise thee. Let all the people praise thee. Psalm 67, 3 and 5, the latter part, let all the people praise thee. Now, can I read that to you again and read it real slow? He said in the first part of verse 3 and 5, let the people praise thee, O God. He instructs us to praise. But then he says, let all the people praise thee. Now, can I impress you for just a moment with my Hebrew? Can I impress you just a moment, Hebrew? Now, I've never had Hebrew. I had some Greek when I was in school. And, uh, but I never had Hebrew, but I've learned a little bit about it along the way. But what little bit I know, I won't try to impress you with this morning. Are you with me? Can I impress you today? Will you let me impress you today? The Hebrew, look at the word all. Let all the people. It comes from the Hebrew word kol. K-O-L-E. Kol. That's how you would say kol. You know what the Hebrew word kol means? I will impress you now. You know what the Hebrew word kol is? Let all the people praise you. You know what it means? It means all. That's exactly what it means. It means everybody. It means the whole. When the Bible said, let all the people praise thee, it means everybody. Now listen to me this morning. Praise is not for a few. Praise is not just for... uh, uh, Rick, it's not just for me. It's not just for Terry. It's not just for Dean. It's not just for Raymond. It's not just for Lefty over here. It's not just for one or two. Praise is for everyone. But someone might say, but Brother Ken, I'm not like that. That's just not me. I just, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't do like Brother Robert and just get excited and clap my hands. And I can't like Raymond just holler out, and just let out a war hoop in the service. And I can't do like Dean and get up and walk down to the front and shout all the way to the altar. And I can't do like Sherry, just lift my hands and cry. And I can't do like, that's just not me, Brother Ken. I can't lift my hands. I can't shout. I can't do that. But here's the point I'm making. That's what you're supposed to do. But that's not me. But that's what it's supposed to be. That's what, it should be you. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me this morning? God is saying to every one of us, He is telling us to offer Him a sacrifice of praise. And if praise is something visible, then somewhere, sometime in my life, I ought to put my hands up and praise God. 
And if praise is something as vocal, somewhere, sometime in my life, I ought to just say glory to God. Somewhere I ought to say amen. Somewhere I ought to just shout to the Lord. But that's not me. But the point is, it should be you. Because he said, let all the people praise thee. I love John Jasper. I love John Jasper. You, some of you are readers. And I would encourage you, if you could ever find the book entitled Rhapsody in Black, you ought to get it and read it. I think somebody reprinted it. But a story about the black preacher in Richmond, Virginia, in the middle of the Civil War. And what an amazing story. What an amazing story. But I love the story of his conversion. In fact, I love it so much, I copied down the book and I have it pasted in front of one of my Bibles. And I, every once in a while, I'll read the story. But I love the story of his conversion. In fact, I want to read it to you this morning. I say read it to you because that's what I want to do. I want to give you to you in John Jasper's own words. And I want to give you to you just like John Jasper said. Not trying to make fun of anybody or any time, but I just want to read it the way John Jasper said it and the way that he did say it, what he said and how he did say it. But this is what John Jasper said. He said, I was seeking God six long weeks just because I was such a fool. I couldn't see the way. The Lord struck me first on Capitol Square, and I left there badly crippled. One July morning, something happened. I was a tobacco stemmer. That is, I took the tobacco leaf and tore the stem out. And there was no one in that factory that could beat me at that work. But that morning, the stems wouldn't come out to save me. And I tore up tobacco by the pound and flung it under the table. Fact is, brethren, the darkness of death was in my soul that morning. He said, my sins were piled on me like mountains. My feet were seeking down to the regions of despair. And I felt that of all sinners, I was the worst. I thought that I would die right then. And then with what I suppose was my liar's breath, I flung up to heaven a cry for mercy. For I noted the light broke. I was light as a feather. My feet was on the mountain. Salvation rolled like a flood through my soul. And I felt as if I could knock off the factory roof with my shouts. But I says to myself, I'm going to hold still till dinner. So I cried and laughed and tore up the tobacco. Presently, I looked up the table, and there was an old man. He loved me. He tried hard to lead me out of darkness. And I slipped around to where he was. And I says in his ear as low as I could, Hallelujah, my soul is redeemed. Then I jumped back quick to my work, but after once I opened my mouth, it was hard to keep it shut anymore. It wasn't long before I looked up the line again, and there was a good old woman that knew all of my sorrows and had been praying for me all the time. He said there was no use of talking. I had to tell her. So I skipped alone up as quiet as a breeze, and I started to whisper in her ear, but just then, the holding back straps of Jasper's britches broke, and what I thought would be a whisper was loud enough to be heard clean across the James River to Manchester. One man said he thought that the factory was falling down, but all I knowed, I had raised my first shout to the glory of my Redeemer. And I would say to you this morning, some of you need to raise your first shout to the glory of the Redeemer. Some of you need to forget what people will think about you, what others will say, and realize that somewhere God wants you to lift your hands up and praise God and somewhere God wants you to shout out to him and say amen glory to God hallelujah that's what God wants out of us today can I get an amen there I better get an amen there amen 
It is a personal matter. But let me give you something else about praise. It is second of all, praise is a proper offering. It is a proper offering. Now, I realized this morning that not everywhere you go, what I'm talking about is appreciated or accepted. It's not approved, appreciated, or accepted every place you would go. And I understand that. I'm in all kinds of churches. I'm in big ones, and I'm in little ones, and I'm in dead ones, and I'm in formal ones and informal ones and whatever. I get in some, as Brother Mays used to put it, if you let a cow down the aisle and milk her, she'd give popsicles. You've been in something like that. I'm in all kinds of churches. And not everybody appreciates or accepts what I'm talking about today. And I'm talking about praise. It's not practice, and it's not preferred everywhere you go. Praise, whether praise being a vocal matter and a visible matter, is often discouraged in some places rather than encouraged. And I think about here, once in a while, just once in a while, somebody will visit here and you could see by the expression on their face that they do not come out of churches like this. And that they come out of a more of a, well, let me, let me, be, let me, just, let me be kind this morning. They come out of a more reverent form of service. You know what I'm talking about, amen? And I see them when they come here. And about singing somewhere once in a while, we get old Robert up here to sing. And what does he do? He gets carried away and starts jumping. I, I get Robert up here. I'm going to tie a rope to him because he scares me. I'm afraid he's going to jump off this platform one of these days. But he gets up there and he starts that clapping his hands. And old Dean back here goes, Amen. And over here's the left. He jumps up and sticks that one arm up in the air. And he goes, Woo. And I hear this now. You can see it all over the face. You've heard the expression, washed as white as snow. I've seen some of them here that was as white as a sheet. Can I get an amen? Because you know they're not used to it. But I want you to understand something. Kind of like the woman who went to a church one day. She went to this church, and she's sitting there. It's a very quiet type church. And, and the preacher was speaking, and as he was speaking, uh, she, he said something she liked, and she said, hey, man, praise the Lord. Everybody in the building turned around and looked at her. A few minutes later, she said, he said something again she liked, and she said, praise the Lord, glory to God. Everybody just turned and just stared at her, burned a hole through her. And in a few minutes, she said about the third time she started to say something, one of the deacons came, took her by the hand, and began to ask her out of the building. She said, what's, the, what's wrong? And he says, ma'am, you're disturbing our services. And she said, how am I disturbing the services? And he said, you can't holler amen and glory to God out in the service. She said, why not? I can't help it. I got religion. And he said, but you didn't get it here, amen. <laughs> few of them like that. But I want you to understand something this morning. Now, you may not like it. I, I think most of you do, if not all of you. But I want you to understand something. Praise is proper. It is not only a personal offering, but it is a proper offering. Look at Psalm 147. Look at Psalm 147. Notice verse 1. In Psalm 147, verse 1, the psalmist makes this statement. He said, praise ye the Lord. There's the word hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. Now, notice what he says. He tells us in verse 1 that it's good to sing praises to God. 
He tells us it's good to praise God. And he tells us there's two reasons why it's good. One, he said it's good to sing praises unto God. For one, it is pleasant. And two, it is comely. Now, what does it mean? Well, first of all, he describes praise as a sweet experience. For he said it is pleasant. And the word pleasant there has basically the same meaning of our word pleasant. When we think about pleasant, it literally describes something that is sweet. It describes something that is delightful. He's saying praise is good because it is a delightful experience. It is a sweet experience. You find as you translate in the Bible, it's translated sweet. Sometimes it's translated pleasures. Sometimes, like here, pleasant. What he's saying is that praise is a sweet experience. Now, would you not agree with me that it's been sweet to be in the house of God today? Wouldn't you agree with me today that we've come, and especially you folk that have praised God, had that been wonderful in your heart? Hadn't you been blessed as you just forgot about being all what people would say and what people would think instead of being inhibited, you just gave praise to God? Didn't it bless your heart? Didn't it thrill your heart? There's something sweet about praising God. But he not only said it's good because it's a sweet experience, but second of all, it's good because it is a suitable expression. For notice what he said in verse 1. He said it's good because it is pleasant and it's good, second of all, because it is comely. Now the word comely simply describes that which is in order or that which is suitable or that which is fitting. Now understand me this morning. It is not out of order in when you come to the house of God for somebody to lift their hands. I don't care what Baptists have to say about it. Baptists are so worried about what everybody will think. And Baptist folks are so worried that some little wildfire gets started. And Baptists are so worried about charismatic. Listen to me. If we'll praise God like the Bible tells us, this shallow crowd out there that bases everything on emotion will clam up with lockjaw. You just praise God like God tells you to praise Him, and it'll be all right. You believe that? But he said it's in order. There's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. You want to stand up and lift your hands to God, it's all right. It's in order. It's proper. It's comely. You want to shout, it's proper. You want to lift your hands, it's proper. If you want to jump, it's proper. You want to come to the altar, it's proper. If you want to praise God, it's proper. It is never out of order for anybody to give praise to God. In fact, you ought to praise God. Take about clapping your hands and shouting and lifting your voices to God and praising the Lord. It is not out of order. There is nothing wrong with it. The only thing wrong with it is we are so dead and dry and dried up that it bothers us and it, and it disturbs us. You ought to forget about what you feel and forget about what people think and forget about what somebody else says. The issue today is what does God say about the matter? What does God think about the matter? And God tells me to praise Him. And I'm going to praise him if nobody else does. In fact, you ought to just give praise to God. Thank God that he's saved. You've been redeemed with the grace of God. You ought to lift your hand up and say glory to God. You ought to stand to your feet and just say, Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. That's what God wants out of the people of God. Don't wait on me to get started. Don't wait on Terry to get started. Don't wait on Dean to get started. Come in the house of God with his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Come in and say, God wants me to praise him today, and if nobody else praises him, I'm going to praise God. That's what y'all to do. Say amen right there. I'm enjoying this. 
It's cold outside, so there's no use in getting you outside. I don't want you to get sick. So I'm going to keep you in here where it's warm. Amen. It's a suitable expression. You ought to praise God. But let me give you a third thing that I'm through. It is not only a personal offering, and not only is it a proper offering, but it is a perpetual offering. Look at Hebrews 13, 15 again. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. When I look at praise as an offering, I realize that it is a personal offering, that it's something I am to give to God. It is something that everybody in this room is to give to God. Again, that's something you ought to do. Say, that's not me, but it should be. And all, I'll tell you how to get started. I'll tell you what to do. The first time, just go ahead. Something's good, put your hand up in the air. Just go ahead and get started. And just do it. And if you ever do it one time, you'll become a holy roller for it. So with, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it's, a person, it's something I'm to give to God. And it's a proper offering to give to God. It's something that is fitting. But it is something I am to continually to give God. And when I look at the Bible, I find three things it talks about in giving my praise to God. First of all, I am to praise the Lord all the time. I am to praise the Lord all the time. Listen to what the Bible said. Psalm 35, verse 8, If my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Psalm 44, verse 8, In God we boast all the day long. Psalm 119, 164, Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. Psalm 71, verse 8, Let thy mouth be filled with praise and thy honor all the day. I'm to praise God all the time. I'm to praise God all the time. One of my favorite preachers in this area is Junior Bryson. How many of you know Brother Bryson? You, you don't know Brother Junior? What a blessing he is. I saw him at the hospital. I was up at the hospital on Friday and I went into the waiting room there at Erlanger Hospital. And I, went, I didn't even see Brother Junior. I was looking at Brother Bob. I didn't see Brother Bob in the family. And I started out the door and I heard somebody holler, Brother Ken, Brother Ken. And here comes Brother Junior. And he passes down in Ringo. He had a cap down on his head. And he walked up to me and he's telling me about his uh, wife's a sister, someone that was in the hospital that had cancer and whatever like that. But Brother Junior's the kind of fella that'll shout anywhere and he'll shout anytime. It doesn't matter where he's at, what he's doing. And he blessed me the other day. He said, Brother Ken, he said, and this, this way he said, his very words, he said, Brother Ken, I pray for you every morning. He said, you're one of my preacher boys. He said, I pray for you every morning. And this is what he did. Took that hat off and reached over and grabbed me by the neck. And he said, now, dear Lord Jesus, right here, bless Brother Ken, and I pray you touch him. And you know what I did? Right there in the, right there in the waiting room, I said, thank God. And he said, praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, I like that. Everywhere you find him, you'll hear him shouting and praising God. He praises all the time. May I say to you, they need a little Junior Bryson and every one of us praising God all the time. But look, second of all, not only am I to praise the Lord all the time, I am to praise the Lord at all times. He said in Psalm 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. You want y'all to do? Y'all to praise God in the bad times as well as the good times. We are so emotionally connected to things. I put it this way. You know what we do when we come to church? We hook our spiritual jumper cables to the choir. We hook our spiritual jumper cables to Brother Ken. We hook our spiritual jumper cables to the special music. And if the choir is really on, then it gets us on. 
Or if the singing is really good, then it fires us up. And if Brother Ken is really charged up, then it really charges me up. But I would say to you, what are you going to do when we come one Sunday morning and the choir's half empty and the strong voices in the choir are not there to carry it and it's down and they're half singing and they're dragging along looking like an Arkansas mule like some of them are this morning. You know what I'm talking about, amen? And they're really not putting it out. What are you going to do? You're going to be down with them. And the singing, if it's down, you're going to be down. And if Brother Ken's not fired up, you're not going to be fired up. You hook in your jumper cables to the wrong people. You hook your jumper, pe- jumper, jumper people's jumper cables, whatever they are, hook them to the throne of God. God don't ever change. We sung it a moment ago. God is good. And God is good all the time. Things around you may not be good, but I want you to know God's good. And He's good all the time. And I don't care what's going on around you, you can still praise God. You can still thank God. And you ought to praise God. Praising God at all times. Well, the bottom fell out. Praise Him for it. In fact, I want you to look at Psalm 71, 14. Look at this, Psalm 71, 14. I'm going to be through in a minute. Can I get a praise the Lord right there? Psalm 71, verse 14. Look at this verse. I like this. I ran across this verse this week, and this blessed me. Psalm 71, 14, the psalmist said, But I will hope continually. Now, that statement is very enlightening because it tells you he's in a time when it doesn't seem, it doesn't look like there's anything to hope in. He's in a dark hour when it seems like everything's going wrong. But he says, I'm going to hope continually. And he said, and will yet praise thee more and more. You know what the psalmist said? In my dark hours, that's when I began to praise him more. And when I had, when it seemed like there was nothing to hang on to and nothing to rest in, he said, I will hope on. And he said, that's when I'm going to praise God even more. You ought to praise God more in the bad times than you do in the good times. You ought to praise Him all the time. You ought to praise Him at all times. And thirdly, you ought to praise Him for all time. Psalm 104, 33, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. Psalm 145, 2, every day.